Lord. Praise the Lord. There we go. Good morning, everyone. Ooh, look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you made it today. Hallelujah. I just feel like there's victory in the house. Even if it's by faith right now, I believe there's victory in the house. Amen. Come on, push on somebody next to you and say, you look like a winner today. You just look like a winner. Amen. You just look like somebody that God is madly in love with. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that today? Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. I appreciate Pastor Tina sharing a little bit about the advance the calls. And uh, just to let you know, we've we had about $30,000 come in so far, just a little over $30,000, and we have sent it off. So uh, we are reducing the debt. Amen. Amen. And uh, Pastor Carlos and I were talking a little bit last week, a little bit this morning, and we're just looking at uh, multiple ways on financing things that we can get done. We just believe that God's going to help us. We just believe that things are happening. You know, the, the thing about giving and extra giving, not just your tithes, you know, there's really not an option in your tithes. It don't never belong to, it don't belong to you. That's the Lord's. It's the Lord's tithes. So, so if you keep it, you're robbing God. So that's, that's between you and him. But extra giving, what God does is when you begin to give extra, what happens is that comes out of your resources. That comes out of what you possess. And there's a blessing that comes on that. There's a blessing that comes on that. And one of the, one of the best ways to keep your house blessed is to keep God's house blessed. Amen. Amen. And so that's, that's just a principle in giving. And, uh, and I appreciate there, there's some people in this house that are sacrificing, that are making it happen. And uh, we're going to stay on track. We're going to keep moving forward. Amen. Amen. I just, we're down to about 16 months of our advance to calls, that whole um, target date that we had set. So January the 9th will be the next uh, advance to calls offering that we have, the big offering. But many of you can just continue to give, as Pastor Tina was sharing. You can give weekly, you can give monthly, or you can give that one time on January the 9th. Whatever works best for you in your budget, but we just believe that God has given us a plan. He's given us a strategy, and uh, he makes it happen. Amen? I believe you. Come on, stand to your feet and grab your Bibles this morning. Just want to say thank you to all those that were here yesterday and all those that have been over at uh, uh, Pat Angel's house. We had Glenn's memorial service here yesterday, and just a, a sweet time in God's presence yesterday here, and we just thank God for his life and his legacy. Amen? We continue to pray for Pat, pray for Pat and their girls, and of course, Pam and Jeff and everybody that's associated with the family. But we know today that Glenn is in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I, I just, I, I think about those things and I just, heaven becomes a better place when the people you love the most are there. It really does. So we just rejoice with the family today and thank God. And um, we just continue to pray for them. Also, Pastor Mark is not here today. Uh, I sent him to Alva this morning. He's preaching in Alva. We have a church that we're in relationship with there, a church that's in the network that's sort of under our covering. So we're working there. And so I let Pastor Mark send him over there this morning just to preach over there today. So that's why they're not here. So we continue to pray for them. And just some good things happening there. And we thank God for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to Isaiah. And then I want to jump over to another verse here. Y'all feeling good today? 
feeling all right? Hallelujah. See some of people making it back through sickness, COVID, and just thank God. Thank God for healing. Amen. If you haven't had COVID, you'll start thanking God for healing when you get it. <laughs> I'm telling you, it'll make you praise him. <laughs> Amen. Isaiah chapter 46. I want to release something over your life today that I really feel like, um, man, I, I left the, the, the funeral here yesterday and was over at Pat's for a little bit and then uh, went home, uh, spent some time with Donald Williams yesterday afternoon, then I went home and um, just began to pray and meditate and um, had had really some clarity about what I thought I was going to do up until last night. And, and I woke up this morning about 3.30 this morning just praying in the Holy Ghost, and it just, that don't happen all the time, but it, but it did today, and I felt like God was just breathing something, and uh, we're still in that vein, releasing the culture of faith, but I want to release something if I can get to it today, and I believe it's going to push us a little further down the road. You know, and I want to say this, and I almost did it in worship. Our whole world is under a spirit of heaviness. The whole world is. And most of the world is living in fear. It's living in fear. And, and if you watch the news for about 30 minutes, you're going to be in fear. And, and you just, you, and, and then what it does, it drags you down. And, and, I, and I always think about it this way. Like when we come to church and we begin to praise and worship, boy, the, the worst thing we could do is sit there and act like we don't care what they sing. Huh? Because when you're under a spirit of heaviness, you got to learn how to take that jacket off. You, you got you to learn how to trade the spirit of heaviness. And, and you got to learn how to enter into the things of God. And, man, I felt that this morning. I feel it sometimes in here. But especially a lot of us have been in battles. I think Pastor Tina mentioned that a while ago. Boy, and the thing about battles, when you've been in a battle for a long period of time, it wears you out. It wears you out. And, and there's a spirit of tiredness in here today. I, I get that. There's a spirit of tiredness. But, and, and what that does is if you give into it, it begins to zap your joy. It just, it just, it, it drains you. That's why as the people of God, we should never give in to feelings. Your feelings are the most unstable portion of your life. It's the most unstable thing in your life. That, that's, that's why when we worship God, we don't worship Him in feelings. You can add your feelings to it and thank God that we can feel God, we can feel His presence, but we worship Him in spirit and in truth. So, so I don't come in here based on how I feel because I think Pastor Tina said it too. I, listen, I could have laid in bed this morning. Man, that bed felt so good. <laughs> you ever had when it just felt so good, the air condition's right, the covers are right? It's like, man, I don't want to get up. I could have laid there today. I'm telling you, I almost called in sick today. <laughs> I almost just said, somebody else run with it today. I'm like, I am like, I am wore out. But, but when, I, when I came in here and the worship was moving, oh, but my worship didn't start at 10 o'clock. My worship started at 4.30 this morning. That's when my worship started. It started at 4.30 this morning. Because I know, I know me, I, I can't speak for you, but I know Chuck. And I know if I, if I give in to the way I feel, my feelings will start dominating my mood. The Bible says it's the joy of the Lord 
That's your strength. Huh? Yeah? And so, so, so we, have to, we have to learn how to shake those things off. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, just shake it off. Just shake it off. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to loosen you up here before I hit you really hard in the Word today. Just you got to loosen up a little bit. Huh? Just, just come in here with an, at, an atmosphere because we're fighting the atmosphere, the principalities and powers of our world. We're fighting the heaviness that's in our world. We're fighting the protracted tiredness of the battles that we've been in. Some of us are recovering from sickness. Some of us have family members that are still recovering. Just things that we've been in, it, it wears you out. It just wears you out. And boy, you got to know how to replenish yourself. You don't need to wait for the right song or the right preacher. You, you, can't, you can't wait on David said, I've learned to encourage myself in the Lord. I'll just encourage myself. I don't need a Hammond B3. I don't need a Pastor Porter. I don't need a I don't need Sarah singing you are. I don't need all that. I thank God for every bit of it, but at the end of the day, I know how to find God. I know how to worship God in the midst of where I am. So come on, just throw your hands up one time and just begin to magnify the Lord. Come on, David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us, let us, come on, let us, let us exalt his name together. Come on, who's ready to shift an atmosphere over your life? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we praise you today. Lord, we stir it up today in our hearts and our minds. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 46, Isaiah 46, verse number 9, it says it this way. Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. Aren't you glad for that today? I am God, and I like this next verse. I am God and there is no one like me. Come on, he ain't like Pookanani. He ain't like Fred. He ain't like all them guys. Uh, he's God, and there's nobody like him in all the earth. Nobody like him. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times. Somebody shout the ancient times. We don't have time to talk about all that today, but, but, but it literally, it, literally the ancient things, when it begins to talk about the ancient things, it's talking about portals, windows, things that happen in the heavenlies. And from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, this is the Lord saying, saying, my purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Come on, somebody ought to be happy about that verse right there. Yeah. God's going to finish what he started. Huh? I, I saw on the news early this morning where an Amtrak train was derailed in Montana, I believe it was. But I want to tell you something, you can't derail God. You can't throw him off track. He can't be derailed. He said, he said, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure, calling a bird of prey from the east, a man of my purpose from a far country. Truly, I have spoken. And I will, or truly, I will bring it to pass. Notice these lines. I have planned it and surely... I'll do it. Come on, if God has planned it, he's going to do it. He said, he said, my purpose, the same word for counsel, my counsel 
my purpose, my design, my will will be established. Can't no devil, can't no problem, can't no circumstances derail God. He's going to finish what he started. Amen. Now look with me in, in Matthew. Just going to pull another scripture. If you haven't been here for the last two or three weeks, we've been preaching out of a theme. But none of these verses have been the same. I'm using different verses each week now because I'm trying to hit it in every way I can. I'm going after every angle I can to drive this home into our hearts, into our spirits. Matthew 14, 22, and it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. And after he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. And the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And they said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. And immediately, or but immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, this is Jesus talking, and he said, come and Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus but seeing the wind he became frightened and beginning to sink he cried out Lord save me and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took a hold of him and said to him you of little faith why did you doubt when they got into the boat the wind stopped and those who were in the boat worshiped him saying you are certainly God's son. I want to draw your attention back to verse number 28. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, this ain't a nightmare. This ain't a dream. If it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come on. And Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on water. Look at somebody next to you and say, we about to walk in places where nobody can go. Come on, just tell them, we about to walk in places. We about to walk. We're talking to you about, the, about releasing the culture of faith. Now, high five about three people and tell them it's a faith thing. It's a faith thing. Come on, tell them it's a faith thing. That's what it is. It's a faith thing. It's a faith thing. That's exactly what it is. Come on, I'm going to pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you today, Lord, for what you're going to do in this house in the next few moments. Lord, I thank you for those that have gathered here to sit under the word of the Lord today. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher and the teacher. You're the revealer. You're the revelator. You're the communicator of all truth. Thank you today, Lord, for bearing witness in our hearts and what the Holy Spirit is saying. Lord, let he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what it is that the Spirit is saying to the church. Lord, we thank you this morning, and we give you the praise and the glory for it now. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody together said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. I want to take a few moments here and create a case here so that I can release what I think is God is saying to us in this hour about this particular moment that we're in. How many know that everything that God does God does it with 
intentionality. That, that means that his actions are never an end unto themselves. He's always working toward an end because everything that God does, he does it with intentionality. He never does something just to do something because God's intentional. God don't just do something just to do it. When he does something, he does it because he's intentional about what he's doing. Whenever he does something, it's because he's doing something with intentionality. Got three good amens over here. Because he's intentional, even when he does nothing, he's still doing something because he's intentional about doing nothing. Because <laughs> he's an intentional God. So when he's doing something, he's doing something with intentionality. When he's doing something, he's doing something on purpose. He's doing it with intention. And when he's not doing anything, he's still doing something, even though, cause, even, even though nothing's happening, he's still doing something because he's intentional about doing nothing. <laughs> Trying to find some Holy Ghost people here in a minute. So that means I'll praise him when he's doing something because he's intentional. But I've also learned how to praise him when he's not doing anything because he's still doing something when he's not doing nothing because he's intentional about doing nothing because he's God. He's an intentional God. That's why Romans 8.28 comes real powerful into our lives. For God causes all things to work together for the good to them that love him and who are called according to his purpose. So everything that's working around you is working for your good. And it may not look good right now, but God is intentional about what's going on right now. And when it looks like he's not moving, he's still doing something, even when he's doing nothing, because he's intentional about not doing nothing. Because he's causing all things to work together for the good to them that love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. Come on, push on somebody and tell them you got to be called according to his purpose. Because we read in Isaiah, his purpose will stand. His plans will stand. His intention will stand. His counsel will stand. And it cannot be thwarted. Because he's an intentional God. So when you couple this, the intentionality of God, this is where I want to just let it go for a little bit today. When you, when you couple the intentionality of God, and I'm going to pick on this just for a moment, with the sovereignty of God. When you, when you couple those things together, then the text that we read in Isaiah comes alive. Because if God has planned it, he said, I'll do it. And nothing happens apart from his counsel. If he has counseled it, if he has willed it, then nothing can stop it. And when you have the intentionality of God, working with the sovereignty of God, it makes no difference what the current reality is in your life. Because the reality of your life cannot throw God off track. And while it may not look good right now, 
It's just a part of the process that God is working through you or through that situation to get to you so that you can be where you need to be at the end of that trial, at the end of those circumstances, so that his perfect, his plan, and his will will be established. So God is at work. He's working. So, so, so in order for God, watch this now, just track with me, and we'll give you some verses in a minute. In order for God to be sovereign... It means that whatever he created, he has to have authority and power over it in order to manage it. God cannot be sovereign if he can't control it. If he can't manage it, if he can't govern it, then he didn't create it. And if he didn't create it, then he's probably not God. All right, let's just work it out. Look at your neighbor and say, let's work it out. All right, here's a couple of scriptures now. This will be on the screen. Hebrews 1, Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 3, it says, He upholds all things. Somebody say all things. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Everything is sustained by God. He up, it didn't say some things. It didn't say a few things. It said all things. All things are upheld. By the word of his power. Colossians 1.17 says, In him all things are held together. Whew. Not a few things. Not some things. All things. Romans 8.28 says, He causes all things to work together for the good. Now, I don't know much about baking cakes, and, but I know it's a bunch of ingredients to bake a cake, Right? If you just put them ingredients by themselves and ate them, it'd probably be pretty nasty. But when you mix all them ingredients together, whoo, you get that chocolate cake with chocolate icing. Y'all can tell I like chocolate. Am I right about it? But those ingredients left to themselves are not very good. But when you put them together, and by the time God gets through putting all this stuff together, everything that's been Working against you, it's going to be working for you. Because he causes all things to work together for the good to them that love him and who are called according to his purpose. Come on, push on somebody and tell them God ain't finished with you yet. Come on, he ain't finished. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So if all things came from him, and all things depend on him, all things are upheld by him, then nothing can exist apart from him. All right, let's work it out a little further. John 1, 3. All things, somebody shout all things. All things were created by him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. All things. All things were created by him, and one translation says, and for him. Yeah. So that means, let's just go to physics now for a moment. That means all the electrons yeah. in the known universe maintain their path and their speed by the counsel of his will. <laughs> Everything is moving by the counsel of his own divine purpose. And nothing can derail his plan. 
Not COVID-19, not sickness, not death. Nothing can derail the plan of God for what he's doing in the earth. So all the motions of the, of the immaterial world uh, of men and angels, all the motions are held in check and held and sustained by him. Nothing can exist apart from him. Without his will over it, the material world and the spiritual world would cease to exist. Not a star in the galaxy can fall to the ground without God knowing about it. Because the Bible says every star, he calls them by name. So every time a star is dismissed from the galaxy as we know it, and it burns out and, and it becomes a gas, then God knows that star by name. And he said, there goes Leroy. There goes John. There goes Sally. Because God knows everything. Every hair on your head, some have more, some have less, but every hair on your head has been numbered by God. Woo, when you were in that shower and your hair is falling out, you said, oh, I'm losing hair. God said, that's 1,343 right there that just fell. Yes. I'm trying to give you a picture of how big your God is and how little we think about him. Because God is so big that this universe would cease to exist without his authority. This universe would cease to spin on its axis without his divine counsel and his divine will. We know this to be true because the Bible says in Matthew 10, 29, he says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Whew. Are you tracking with me? In other words, some little sparrow, a sparrow's a bird, some little bird in the deep, darkest part of the Amazon, when it falls off a tree limb and dies, God knows that that bird has fallen and God knows that that bird has died. Nothing can escape his notice. You may feel like you've been in a fight, a fire, a trial, but I want to tell you something, you're not in there by yourself. Come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's a fourth man in the middle of that fire with you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're walking through, and you cannot escape the existence of God counsel over your life. Luke 8.25 says, who then, who then is this that he commands the winds and the waves and they obey him. I just want to say this. They obeyed him then and they obey him now. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That means every hurricane, every typhoon, every tornado, every tsunami cannot form or appear without God having the ability and the sovereignty and the power to override it because if he's sovereign, then he can manage it. Mark 1.27 says he commands unclean spirits. He commands them and they obey him. Just to let you know, he has power over the evil forces that are working against you. Don't ever think for a moment that the devil has the upper hand on anything. The only reason why the devil can operate is because God allows it. I'm, I'm just trying to help you. you got to understand what we're up against. The, the, 
Christianity in America has been way too safe. Now you're going to have to learn how to fight. Now you're going to have to learn how to take a stand. Now you're going to have to learn how to dig in the word. Now you're going to have to learn how to pray. Now you're going to have to learn how to fast. Now you're going to have to get more than a goosebump sermon. Now you're going to have to stand in the midst of hell and high water and speak back to the accuser. Speak back to the devil and say, not on my watch today. Uh-uh, you ain't coming up in my house without a fight what God is trying to establish in is because nothing can happen without God's permission. The devil didn't sneak one out on God. The only reason why the devil is alive and moving is because God wills it. <laughs> Luke 8, 25, I mean, sorry, John, 1 John 5, 18 says, they can't even touch you, talking about the evil one. They can't even touch you without his permission. Come on, that ought to make you slap somebody right there. I'm telling you, that ought to just make you just want to pop somebody right there. I'm telling you, the devil can't even mess with you without God say, get it. You remember Job? Satan appeared before the sons of God, and he said, he said, God said, where have you been? He said, well, I've been all over the earth. I've been to and fro, searching on the earth. And, 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 and God said, well, have you considered my servant Job? There ain't nobody like him in all the earth. Satan says, I have considered him, but you put a hedge around him and I can't get to him. He said, if you'll just take that hedge around, I'll get to him and I'll make him curse you. God said, okay, I'll take the hedge down. In other words, the devil couldn't attack him unless God willed it. The devil didn't have power over it unless God gave it permission. I'm trying to tell you today, you're in a fight today, but it's not because you're going to get taken out. It's not because you're going to get beat up. You're in a fight to win, baby. This is the good fight of faith what God's doing in the earth and he's training his people he's teaching his people how to war he trains my hands for battle and my fingers for war he's training us so that we don't just give in every time the devil blows his little tenter tantrum we don't give in just because we're facing difficulties we don't give in just because there's a virus out there. We don't give in just because there are some people around us that are struggling. We don't give in just because my marriage is falling apart. We don't give in because my kids are rebellious. No, we are in charge of the stewardship of the planet through the power of God's sovereignty. Woo. Revelation 17, 14 says, They waged war against the Lamb, and He overcame Him. Because he's the Lord of lords, and he's the king of kings. In other words, his authority is over kings and kingdoms. You know what that means? There's no president. There's no prime minister. There's no imam. There's no sheikh. There's no, there's no government on the face of this planet that has any authority except for what God gives them. Nothing has power over God. They tried to wage war against him, but the king of kings and the Lord of lords overcame them. I'm just trying to tell you today, I don't care how bad the government gets, and I don't care how good it gets. At the end of the day, our life is not dependent on a government. Our life is dependent on who the king of kings is and who the Lord of lords is. Nothing has power over him. Nothing. That means this, about to get to where I want to go. No virus, 
no bacteria, no broken chromosomes, no disease. It's beyond his power. Come on, I'm going to wait on a better amen than that right there. No plan, no trick, no scheme from the enemy, no spirit of death. It's beyond the boundaries of his sovereignty. He's going to work the counsel of his will. And the devil can't do nothing about it. COVID-19 can't do nothing about it. Sickness and disease can't do nothing about it. Cancer can't do nothing about it. Wars and rumors of wars can't do nothing about it. At the end of the day, pestilence can't do nothing about it. Earthquakes in diverse places can't do nothing about it. Tsunamis and floods can't do nothing about it. Wildfires burning out of control can't do nothing about it because at the end of the day, God is going to do what he wants to do and he's going to have a people that will believe that and help enforce the sovereignty of God on this planet. Ooh, that's a long ways of saying I believe God. <laughs> that means if he created, just track with me for a moment, just a little, 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 little stuff here, just not much, but just a little. That means if he created the laws of gravity, then he possesses the ability to defy it. Because if he can't manage it, then he probably didn't create it. Because he's sovereign. If he created the laws of physics, he can override it. If he created the laws of mathematics, he can override it. Because if he wants to, he'll feed 5,000 men, not counting women and children, with five loaves of bread and two sardines. Yes, he will. And you can't, you can't add that up. You can't multiply that to be enough. 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Experts tell you if there was 5,000 men, there was 15,000 women and children. So he's fed 20,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fishes. <laughs> huh? Because mathematics don't add up. But if God created the laws of mathematics... He don't have to be, it don't have to be two plus two equals four. Y'all going to catch me in a minute. If he created the laws of seed, time, and harvest, but yet he says, I'll let the plowman overtake the reaper. I'll reverse the order because I'm sovereign and I'm God and you can't do nothing about it. <laughs> if he created the solar system, then he can't be God, he can't be sovereign if he can't overpower it. Just ask Joshua when he went up against his enemies. And the Bible says, and God held the sun up for a whole day and didn't let it go down until Joshua avenged themselves of his enemies. I'm just telling you, if God created it, then God can say, hold up right there. We're just going to let you be suspended in time and space just for a little bit so that I can make sure the people that I love, the people that I'm working for can get the job done. Come on, tell somebody. It's a, it's a faith thing now. It's a faith thing. Trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to get there. If God created something, then by his own sovereignty, he can manage it. So when we pray or when God gives us a word, 
We can believe God for it. Even though it may or he may have to violate natural order to perform it. This is where you're going to have to learn to be led by the spirit. Because the spirit world is more real than the natural world that you're in right now. And if you don't get learn if you don't learn how to be led by the spirit, you're always going to be attached to the natural. You're always going to relegate faith to the realms of logic. And because you can't figure it out in your head, you don't think it can happen. And I'm trying to tell you, God's going to raise up a people. God's going to have a people in the earth that can be led by the Spirit of God. They can discern the things of God. And they can speak to the things that are contrary to the ways of God. So that God's divine counsel and his purpose will stand. So, 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 so when, when God gives us a word, then you have to know that he can move in and he can violate the natural order to perform it. Let me just work it out. If, if you get a doctor's report, God has the power to overrule it. He can take what the enemy has done against you and turn it around to be for you. That's him. That's who we're talking about. If God can't turn the wiles of the enemy around, then he's not sovereign. And chances are he didn't create it. And I just want you to know the devil is a created being. He didn't exist when God existed. He's created. God chooses to split the Red Sea. Come on, Moses. You'll walk across on dry ground because he wants to do it. If he chooses to shut the mouths of a den of hungry lions, come on, Daniel. You can sleep all night next to the kitty cat. You can sleep all night. And just to let you know that those lions were hungry when Daniel went in there, because when the king made a new, a new edict, when the king made a new, con, a, 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 new decla- a new declaration, he took all the people that set Daniel up and he threw all them in there. And before they hit the ground, their bodies were consumed by the lions. He can take a hungry lion and say, huh, you ain't eating today. You can't, you're not going to catch me in your logic. I'm telling you, you're not going to catch me. You better jump in the spirit right here because your mind is saying, that's crazy. That's impossible. That's exactly right. That's exactly right because God's going to take you to a place where you can't manage it, where you can't control it, where you can't dictate the outcome. But you know the one that can. You know the one that has the power. You know the one that has the ability to override the powers of hell. That's the God that we serve. If he chooses to, he can reverse natural order, and he can take a bunch of ravens. And if you know anything about ravens, they're they're, they're carnivores, they're scavengers. They don't share their food with nobody. They're they're, they're stingy. That's the nature of a raven. They're stingy. That's what they are. But God says, I'll let ravens feed my prophet two times a day. He'll reverse the natural order of a raven so to make sure that his prophet gets the food that he needs. 
Y'all not helping me up in here. I'm just trying to tell you, God God will do whatever he's got to do just to let you know, can't nobody derail me. Can't nobody throw. Listen, I don't care if the brook dries up. I'll send you down to Zarephath. I have provided for you a widow to bake you a cake in Zarephath. So long before you get hungry, I've already provided your next meal because I'm God and I'm able to move the way I want to do and nobody can stop me. He's God. He's God and he's God all by himself. Here we are living in such a limited world and we reduce God down to our psyche. We reduce God down to our logic and we act like, oh, there's a virus. Everybody's in fear. Everybody's afraid. I'm just trying to tell you, you got to be bigger than the virus. You got to be bigger than the government. You got to be bigger than your problems. You got to be bigger than the resistance that's coming against you. He can turn water into wine before it's time what he did. Come on, Mary. Turn water into wine before it's time. Since he's sovereign, he's not subject to anything he created. He's over everything he's created. Hmm. So even when you feel like you're out of time, or maybe you feel like you missed some time. Or maybe you feel like you mismanaged your time. The Bible says and teaches us he will redeem the time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo, come on, I'm getting a little older now. That makes me feel really good. Huh? You know, when you're 20 and you're 30, you think you got a lot of time. You probably do. But when you get a little older, you think, Lord, I got, I got less runaway than what I started with. Somebody say, I hope you see that runaway now to land this plane sometime soon. <laughs> The Bible says he'll make up the years. Yes, he will. Oh, Lord, y'all not helping me today. Yes, he will. He'll redeem the time. Yes. You know what that means? He takes the time you have left, and he does more with the time you have left than what you missed. You may have missed 10 opportunities, maybe 30 opportunities, maybe 100 opportunities, but he'll take that one opportunity and he'll let that one opportunity produce more than the 10 that you miss. because by the time he gets through redeeming the time, you're going to be bigger, you're going to be better, you're going to be more, you're going to be anything that God has ever created you to be. Because how many know that God don't live in time? God lives in eternity, but he manifests himself in time. God is not bound by time because God lives in eternity. So time is no big deal to God. God can back you up to a place in your life and give you opportunities and say, hey, this is where you start. That's why Isaiah said he knows the end from the beginning. He already finished it before he started it. Now he says, get on your way. Complete what I called you to do. Finish the job that you were called to do. Serve your generation, David. Come on, serve your generation and then pull the covers up over your head and go sleep with your fathers. But until then, you do the will of God. You complete the assignment on your life. Somebody say it's a faith thing. I won't preach in a minute. I only got a few minutes left. Well, I'm getting there. So then that means my faith is not an event. I don't just operate faith when I come to church. My faith is not a theory. My faith is not a feeling. 
My faith is not a school of thought. My faith is not a one-time experience. My faith is a lifestyle. And it's not just something that I possess, but it's something that possesses me. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. I'm not trying to get it. I've already got it. I've got the same spirit of faith. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me and it will quicken my mortal body. So I'm not trying to get it somewhere. I'm not trying to build it up to do something. I am a faith walker. I am a faith talker. I believe God. I believe the Bible. I believe the truth of God's word. I don't care if the whole planet gets flipped upside down. God's going to have a remnant in the midst of the chaos that believes the word of God. He's going to have a remnant. He's not going to have these mandy-pandy, wimpy kind of Christians. They're not going to last. The enemy will run roughshod over you. You're not going to make it in today's world. You're not going to make it in the culture. You think think we're trying to get back to a a normal. I'm telling you, normal as you know it has forever been gone. You're never going to see a normal, and they're trying to put a new normal. Let me tell you what your new normal ought to be. Your new normal ought to be I'm being led by the Holy Ghost. A new normal is I'm walking in the realm of the Spirit. A new normal is I'm attached and I'm planted in a local house. I've got a community of faith believers, and when we we pray, we shake the gates of hell until something shifts over our lives. That's the normal of a Christian life. It's the normal of believers. I'm sorry, I'm getting excited. I only got like one gear, and it's like up there. God's looking for a community of believers. Knowing that we're living in a fallen world that's been subjected to the futility of its own chaos. But since God created it, he can manage it. But he won't do it apart from you, and he won't do it apart from me. He's got to have a vessel to work with. He's got to have somebody that can believe him. He's got to have somebody that will call a spade a spade. Call the devil a liar. Does not your Bible teach you to say that let every man be a liar, let every devil be a liar, but the word of God be held true? Yeah? That's what God's looking for. And in our text, we don't have time to preach it all now, but in our text, Peter makes this statement. He said, Lord, if that's you, if this ain't a mirage, because they thought it was a ghost, I mean, they ain't never seen nobody walking on water. So it's got to be a ghost. No, maybe God's just letting you see into a realm that's, you can't, you, you can't, you cannot calculate in your head. Could it believe that God's bringing the church into a realm that we begin to see things in the realm of the spirit that's just going to blow our minds? He said, Lord, if that's you, Lord, if that's you. If that's you, command me to come out there to you. Here's the translation. Here's here's Chuck Pelham's edition. Lord, if that's you, let me do the unthinkable. Lord, if that's you, let me do the impossible. I'll wait on you right there. See, I believe God's looking for people to do the impossible. 
Huh? God's looking for people that will say, Lord, if that's you. And I'm not getting out of the boat just to walk on water to say, hey, look at me. I'm getting out of the boat because, Lord, if that's where you're at, that's where I want to be. I'm missing it right there. You're missing it right there. Lord, Lord, I want to be where you're at because wherever you're at, there's power. Wherever you're at, there's signs and wonders. Wherever you are at, there's deliverance. See, and I think we got to be careful in America because we may get out of the boat about us. Lord, look what I got. Look what I'm doing. And we start patting ourselves on the back. Then pride sets in. Hmm? The greatest way to attract power in your life is be, be, be humble. Live with a spirit of humility. Somebody congratulates you, receive it humbly. I won't be what the Bible says. Had it not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd probably be in jail because I hunted too many legal places. And Donald Williams and Jeff Davis be my cellmates. <laughs> How y'all doing? <laughs> you got any more bread? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, God had to help me. I just couldn't see them animals tearing up all that good land. <laughs> Somebody got to deal with it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm mad, let me go back. Notice, Peter said, Lord, if that's you, let me come. Watch this. Jesus did not initiate the movement. Peter did. Because when you start walking in another realm, you're seeing things in a different dimension. And, and all of a sudden, the impossible don't seem to be so impossible. Because it's not about walking on water. It's about getting to where he is. And he said, Lord, if that's you, Jesus didn't initiate it. Peter did. But what Jesus did was he gave him permission to do what was in his heart to do. I'm trying to tell you today, God's going to start giving you permission if you'll just start stepping out in faith, if you'll just start taking the word, if you'll just start believing God by faith. Initiate it. Now, let me just say a couple things here. I didn't put it on the screen because I did it late over at my office right before church. There are several things that you have to do on how faith works. Number one, faith can only work where the will of God is known. you got to know that. Faith only works where the will of God is known. You cannot, you cannot exercise faith where it's not God's will. It won't happen. It ain't going to happen. You're not going to trick God into doing something. And let me tell you, you're not going to talk God into doing something. Because his purpose and his plans have already been established. It's not God aligning with us. It's us aligning with him. Yeah? So faith can only work where the will of God is known. Watch this. If you don't know that you can be healed, you'll think that sickness is a test. Then we need to stop praying for you because you're going through a test. <laughs> Go ahead and suffer. God don't put sickness on people to test them. There's no sickness in God. 
If you don't know it's the will of God for you to break out, break through, then you'll live bound. So faith works by knowing the will of God. That's why the word of God has to be imported in your life. Somebody said, well, what is the will of God? The word of God. If your faith level is low, it's because your word level is low. If your faith level is high, it's because your word level is high. I want to tell you something. You're not going to survive victoriously on this, in this generation without knowing God's word. And you can fake it until you make it, but you ain't going to release faith. You're not going to release faith. You're going to have to get a steady diet of God's word. I feel like I'm preaching old school now. Boy, you got to read your Bible. That, that, that ought to be an automatic for believers. Think about how many times you feed your eyes and your flesh through your phone or through the television, Netflix, whatever y'all got. How many hours do you sit? Don't, don't those phones don't have my phone? Don't those phones have a way that you can check and see how many hours you've been on it? Huh? Screen time? You ought to check that every now and then. Whew, I spent six hours on my phone today. Some of y'all on it now while I'm preaching my guts out. I hope it blows up. Checking Facebook and Twitter. God help your life. God help your life. I'm telling you, God help your life. Because you're not going to live victorious in a world that's up against you with everything it's got. And you're going to sit in church and you're going to act like this ain't important. The word of God is the most important thing under heaven in your life right now so that you can learn how to walk and live and rule and reign victoriously. You can't just do it with your intellect. You can't just do it with your degrees. You can't do it with your money. You're going to have to do it by your spirit because faith is not logic. Faith is not emotional. Faith is born of the spirit. And the word of God, the word of God, faith cometh by hearing, Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want more faith, you better get some more word. And when I don't have enough faith, I'm not going to hang around Pukinani. I'm not going to get around Leroy. I'm going to find a faith-filled Bible toting, quoting somebody. I want to be around people, and, and I, I, like, I like our team. I want to be around guys because when these guys pray, they pray the word of God. They don't pray emotional prayers. They start spitting out the word because my spirit will grab the word. My spirit will get attached to the word of God because the word of God, Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. Amen. So you got to have a good diet of the word of God. Faith works where the will of God is known. Watch this. Faith works by love. Galatians 5, 6. If you don't love, you don't faith. <laughs> I know this is like really elementary, but I'm just, I'm just trying to help us understand. You got to have some love in you. People need to see the love of God out of you. The reason why our world is turned, America is turned upside down is because it's filled with hate. And listen, and, and it's being stimulated by those in authority. It's been stimulated by those in authority because they're making us hate each other. I just want to say come to New Harvest Church one time. 
Look at all this congregation up in here. It ain't an all-white church. It ain't an all-black church. It ain't an all-Latino church. We got all kinds of herbs and spices up in here. We got all kinds of ingredients in here. We got all, I'm telling, we got everything moving in here. And I'm, I'm telling, that's what I'm saying. This is the way the body of Christ ought to look. Because if you, if you got something in you against somebody with the pigmentation of their skin, you are in sin. It is sin. It is sin to the bone. And you got a problem with God, not with your brother. And you're letting the enemy eat your lunch. So we work by love. Love one another. Serve one another. Amen. Let me tell you this last one real quick, and I'll stop. i got a lot more to preach, but I don't need to stop. Faith works by forgiveness. I don't have time to turn to the Scriptures, but in Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. Mark eleven twenty two. The next verse, he says, and you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say, it shall happen. It shall come to pass as you say it. Next verse. And when you stand praying, forgive. He's talking about having faith in God. That's what Mark eleven twenty two 22 starts off with, have faith in God. Then Jesus says, I want to teach you how to have faith in God. The first thing you got to do is when you start praying, you forgive. Because the level of your forgiveness determines the level of your faith. Let me tell you why some husbands and wives ain't working it out right now, because you're walking in unforgiveness. Let me tell you why your marriage ain't in harmony, because you're walking in unforgiveness. Well, you should have seen what they did. You should have, yeah. My Lord, we can all walk around and put up scorecards on how many times we've been beat up. Because words cut. <laughs> Amen. Walking around, harboring up all these feelings. Proverbs says, it's to your advantage to forgive an offense. Ooh, I'm preaching. Y'all about to throw tables and chairs at me a while ago. Now y'all getting quiet on me. God can do it all. Now I'm telling you how God's going to do it. He's going to do it when you get it right. Because faith works. We're talking about building a culture of faith. So you got to learn how to walk in forgiveness. Well, they just so mean. It's Jesus was the one who said, pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who speak evil against you. Me and Donald Williams was talking about this yesterday afternoon. There's a guy here in town. He's done everything he could to destroy me with his words. And every time I see him, it's like, oh, Jesus. It's a reminder. I got to walk in love. It's a reminder. I got to forgive. And every time it hurts when I see it, it's just a sure sign I ain't there yet. I'm just learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. Because, Lord, I want to have more faith. I can't, af I, I can't afford not to have faith. And the truth be told, neither can you. Your marriage can't afford you not walking in forgiveness. I mean, I had to forgive Karen every day. <laughs> I said it because she ain't here. I see you had to walk out. <laughs> I said, that's the only reason why I said it. <laughs> oh, there she is. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, man, I just got hit by a semi. I didn't even see that one coming. <laughs> Woo. I'm going to pay for that. Hey, who wants to go to lunch today? <laughs> I'm going to pay for that one. I thought you would. you like the Holy Ghost. You just appear. I mean, you just show up. Worship team, y'all so slow today. Where y'all been? <laughs> yeah, it's just show up on the front row now. Now that the damage has been done, just walk in here like you own the joint. <laughs> Amen. I really did thought she left. I really did. That's why I said it. I'd have never said it, but now that I said it, let me qualify it. <laughs> but forgiveness is not a one-time thing. There's a, there's a scripture in Matthew. I didn't look it up before I got here. I think it's, I ain't even going to try to tell you where it's at. I'll get, it's in Matthew. And Jesus, come, Peter comes to Jesus, and he's going to be like really spiritual. He said, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? Here's Peter. Peter's going to be really spiritual. He's going like, like seven times a day. That's what Peter said. It's in your Bible. I'm going to be real. I'm not going to just like do it one time. I'm going to be really spiritual. I'm going to do it like seven times a day. I mean, some of y'all can't do it seven times in a year. Peter was going to be really spiritual. And Jesus spins on him. Looks back at him and says, no, Peter, not seven times a day, but 70 times seven a day. Here's the math. 490 times a day, 24 hours in a period. That comes to about every one point something seconds. You need to forgive your brother. Because Jesus is saying, you're not going to work on this level, Peter, if you're harboring all this up in your heart. Faith ain't going to work with all this going on in your life. It's going to keep you bound. And you're just going to live in this cycle. Because when, you, when you're trying to create a culture of faith, it's not just like coming to church and singing a few fast songs and hear a preacher. Man, you got to live this stuff. Oh, it's easy in church. Let somebody... And, and reason, one of the reasons why body life is so important is the reason why God ordained it. Two institutions that God ordained, marriage and the church. Why church life has to be important because it makes you rub shoulders with people that are not like you. And it, it forces you into an arena where you have to forgive. Because ain't nobody can get under your skin like church folk. <laughs> And let me say this, when you got a church like this where you got a lot of 
incredible, intelligent, hardworking, go-getting kind of people, you put a bunch of leaders in the room, it gets even harder. Because everybody, and that was one of my points, I just didn't get to it today, but every, because everybody has an opinion. That's why church life, because the thing about church life, the reason why it helps develop your faith is because you have to learn how to die to yourself. Because now it's not good, it's not for the good of me. It's for the good of the kingdom. Let me tell you something. When you're dead and gone, the kingdom will still be here. When you're dead and gone, all those things that you did for yourself won't matter. The only thing that you did for the kingdom will outlive you in eternity. So we're creating a faith culture. Amen. I know we had a little bit of fun today. Come on, just lift your hands all over the building today. Come on, can we just give God some praise today? Come on, can we just worship him today? He's so good. He's so kind. I will rejoice. Thank you today, Jesus. I will rejoice and be glad. Oh, sing I will, and I will rejoice. I will rejoice. That's what we're going to do just for a moment, then we're going to go. to today, but just maybe if you can, if you want to, if you trust it, if you're there, just maybe take somebody by the hand. We're going to pray for one another this morning. Just, just 
or touch them on the shoulder, however you want to do that. I don't want you to be uncomfortable when you're praying, but I want us to pray today. We're praying over body life. We're praying over a culture of faith today. Come on, let's just release it for one another today. Lord, I pray for my brothers and my sisters today. God, I pray today that the Spirit of God will be stirred in our hearts. And God, that you will let us begin to ask the questions that are living on a different level. Lord, if it's you, let us come to you. Lord, if that's you, let us walk in dimensions that defies the logic of the mind. Lord, let us walk beyond places that the intellect cannot describe. Father, let us move into places into the heart of God today that nobody can deny us the reality of the power that dwells on the inside of us. So, Father, today, come on, we're praying for families. Lord, quicken families today. Lord, touch my brother, touch my sister, touch their family members today. Lord, we pray over those this morning that are struggling in their faith. We pray over those that are struggling with COVID-19, the flu, and pneumonia, everything that the enemy is trying to put on them. Lord, we just break the curse today in the name of Jesus. We break the powers of hell today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we declare, we declare the anointing power of God. Come on, I just feel power flowing through this congregation today. I just feel the release of God's word moving through your life today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray for a miracle over your, over your, over the person to your left and to your right. Lord, we pray for a miracle today. God, let miracles happen in their home. Let miracles happen in their life. God, we pray a hedge of protection around them and their families this morning. And Lord, we give you the praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you the praise. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. None would be lost. Lord, we, we cancel the assignment of hell. God, in your sovereignty, move. In your power, move through us today. Override the report. Override the threat of the enemy. Override the discouragement. Override the heaviness today. Father, we pray in the name, in the name that's above every name. That power, that power, that's above all power. Now, come on, just squeeze that hand. Squeeze that hand like you know power's flowing. Power's flowing. That's power right there. That's power right there. That's power. That's a life-giving force. That's the force of faith. That's the force of faith flowing. In the name of Jesus, you will not be denied. You will not be counted out. You will not be rejected. You will not be overcome. But you will live. You will walk. And you will celebrate in victory today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, let's just put our hands together and give God a praise. Let's give him a praise. Let's give him a praise. Let's give him a praise. Praise. Praise in the house of God. He deserves it today. Tim's worshiping the Lord right there. Come on, something's moving in his heart. Something's moving in his life. Oh, we don't take it for granted. We don't take it for granted. We don't take it for granted. Let God be God. Let him be God. Hallelujah. 
break, just come on down here and just praise him. Come on, you want to break the struggle? You want to break the power? You want to break the grip? Just praise him in the middle of it. Give him praise in the middle of it. Hallelujah. Hey. We give you all the praise. He's God. And he's God all by himself.
Come on, just lift your hands to heaven. That's the power of God settling over people's lives. The most important thing on God's mind right now is what's on your mind. It's the most important thing on his mind right now is what's on your mind. Spirit of God, just settle. Just settle. Settle over hearts. Lord, there's a restoration taken in hearts today. God's moving in your family. He's moving in your family. He's mending it. He's putting the pieces back together. places that you can't go. He's getting into the hearts of the hearts. He's moving because he cares. Your family's important to God. They're more important to God than they are to you. They were his children before they were yours. He's moving. This is how you beat up on the devil. You just say, huh, we're just going to come right back into the presence of the Lord. We're just going to come right back into the presence of the Lord. This is why the church is the most essential entity on the planet. You won't get this anywhere else other than through the church. takes corporate anointings to break corporate strongholds. That's why the church is essential. When every institution fails, the church will be thriving because it can't be canceled out. Because the power of the church is the Lord of the church. And he can't be defeated. He's the head. We're the body. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I speak that word. I speak that peace over your people today. Mend the hearts. Reach those places today. As we continue to build a culture of faith that believes you for anything give you the praise and the glory for every bit of it today, Lord. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. 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 Hey, Chris, next Sunday, we're going to bring you in as a covenant partner. We're supposed to do it like, you're not here. Let's be the Sunday after that. Just get it right, and then we'll get it right. <laughs> I keep putting him off. He's been through with this class for, what, two weeks now? Yeah. 
So next Sunday you're going to be back home. So we'll do it the following Sunday. That'd be okay. I'm going to officially call you a covenant partner, all right? We're going to go through the ceremonial thing. We'll go through the ceremony. I, I don't want to rush it because it means that much to me. And I, th this broke out on a different level today. But I just didn't want to just throw it in there because everybody deserves that moment to see what it means to be connected. And so next Sunday you'll be gone, but we'll do it the following Sunday. Would that be okay? Thank you for being a part. Thank you. Y'all know we love him. Yes. Y'all know we love him. Lord, I speak over your people today. Lord, bless them. Give them the courage and the willpower to stand. Having done all you know to do, just stand. Stand in the power and in the strength of his might. Lord bless you, keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and watch over you. Conquer mountains, subdue kingdoms, overthrow the devil. Be the people of God. We love you today, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody together said amen. Amen. God bless.